0: We can't put all of our eggs in one basket, but they can see us so We've got to start working with lawmakers. We've got to start making some donations just like ATA does, just like these other organizations does, and then get some of these lawmakers on our side. Until we do that, we're just going to continue to get some little crumbs here and
1: there.
2: I'm Todd Dills. You're listening to the Overdrive Radio Podcast for October 18th fine year 2019. The voice up top you probably recognize is that of trucker and singer-songwriter Tony Justice, speaking particularly about the Trucker Nation Advocacy Organization and its uh, continuing efforts to engage not only the regulators in Washington, but our elected reps who ultimately write the laws those regulators implement and enforce. I wanted to hear from him on his recent show in uh, Bristol but couldn't help but ask if FMCSA Administrator Ray Martinez and his impending departure might hold any import for the hours of service changes. Martinez himself played a big part in fast tracking before ducking out the side door as it were. If you haven't heard that news, well, you know where to go. Search Ray Martinez at overdriveonline.com. Like the rest of us, Justice says, a wizard he is not.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't get my crystal ball to work. i plugged it in, i put new batteries in it, and but a lot of other people <laughs> seem to be able to get theirs to work okay, but I'm not sure I need to <laughs> those people and uh, see what kind of connection they have, but mine will, will not come on. Uh, you know, that's a little sarcastic, but it's, uh, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, time time will tell. Uh, I think Ray was doing an outstanding job uh, taking the time to, to talk to drivers, making himself available at places where drivers could easily attend if they wanted to try to communicate with him. And it's going to be a hard, uh, it's going to be a hard set of uh, shoes to fill, but, um, you know, nothing's no different on our end. We, we got to stay, uh, drivers got to stay active. They got to keep, uh, you know, uh, being involved with the industry, making those phone calls, uh, you know, not let up on any, any of the pressure, just keep doing what we were doing. And uh, that's all we can do. Uh, things like that we can't control.
2: Now, do you have a relationship with the um, the acting uh, administrator that's going to be coming in? Is he a guy you, uh, mean, Trucker Nation, do you guys know?
0: We have a, I haven't personally, but Andrea has with some of the listening sessions. Uh, uh, he, he was
2: also at the listening sessions. Justice makes the reference American there to and Andrea Jones. Marks, Trucker Nation's communications director. And if you did, in fact, miss the news of FMCSA Administrator Martinez's uh, impending departure from the role, It's FMCSA Chief Counsel Jim Mullen, who will be the acting administrator. Mullen's got past experience with Werner transportation, raising the eyebrows of some owner ops. Tony Justice urges drivers to give the guy a chance, at least, to try to fill Martinez's big shoes. Nobody seemed to
0: have an issue with him being there, coming, you know, the fact that he used to work with Werner, but now all of a sudden we're doomed, compared to everybody. You know, you got to get the guy a chance and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wagering one way or the other, but, you know, we're going to continue to build relationships and do what we're doing and hopefully, you know, have an impact on some of these
2: regulations. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, do you feel like in your interactions with the FMCSA folks that, um, you know, other than Martinez, uh, Ray Martinez, that there are um, kind of strong advocates uh, for, for uh, driver's points of view uh, there? Uh, other than other than him, um, uh, given your experience the last few years?
0: I think they are. I mean, I, I know with Ray, uh, you know, I put kind of a connection with Ray and a couple of the guys up there. Uh, Joe Lorenzo has really been over backwards to answer questions and make himself available. Uh, I mean, these guys, you know, are not idiots by no chance, you know, no stress of imagination. They're pretty smart. They, you know, they have a tough job there their you know, their number one goal, as they say, is to reach you know the ultimate um, highway safety, and and that's and that's tough because they have a lot of people breathing down their backs and uh, and trying to make happy. Um, you know, it's important to have relationships with these agencies, and uh, you know I think we can win some little battles along the way and get some stuff out in our direction that's going to help. But um, until we you know we build right. those same types of relationships with lawmakers. And started having some influence there. That's all we're going to get is, is some crumbs now and then to make us happy. And uh, so we got to continue working to build other relationships in other areas. And I don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket with FNCSA because, you know, they get accused of a lot of rules and, and nobody really, and laws, and then nobody takes the time to realize that, hey, they don't set the laws. They just have to enforce them. And they try to they try to, you know, they try to, making better rounded regulations, you know, and trim some of the negative impacts off of just like, you know, they're working on with the hours of service and giving us more flexibility. You know, flexibility equals safety. Less flexibility equals less safety. That's black and white. That's simple. It's easy. That's easy English anybody can understand. So, you know, they, they were in the middle of working on that. You know, they sent their proposal out. It was a, a little bit of our trucker nation proposal with a couple extra splits in there, and the eight and two has always been there. but. It wasn't able to stop your 14, which you know now, if if this goes into place, it would be able to. So, we got some of the stuff that we were asking for. Uh, they didn't do away with the 30-minute break uh, language, but they give us a lot of ways to, use it to our advantage and to do away with it by if you use the three and the seven or the eight and two before your eight consecutive drive time, you completely that justifies yeah. or absorbs that 30 minute break so basically they did it away with it in a way without having to say they did away with it and that keeps the safety company the safety groups off their back so they just got a tough job and and that's not the end the beginning of it all we've got to create other relationships we can't just like i said we can't put all of our eggs in one basket us csa we've got to start working with lawmakers we've got to start making some donations just like ata does just like these other organizations does, and then uh, get some of these lawmakers on our side. Until uh, we do that, we're just going to continue to get some little crumbs here
2: and there. Well put there, ultimately, from the Everheart transportation driver, Trucker Nation co-founder, and, of course, singer-songwriter. Speaking of which, if you haven't seen it yet, there's video that was originally a live feed from the folks at Truck Boss Tony Justice's show at the final event in the Bandit Series of Big Rig Races this past weekend at the famous Bristol Racetrack. You can find it via uh, the post on my Channel 19 blog that also houses this week's podcast for October 18, 2019. Justice, regular readers will recall, has long been a big race fan. Some of his first success in music uh, came in association with the NASCAR circuit, too. The Bristol Bandit Truck Racing event happened to be his first experience of the racing series, as he explains here.
0: No, I have not. I've watched some of their races. I know they go live on Facebook at other events, uh, and you can watch the races. And uh, of course, you yeah. know it's not quite as cool watching it on your phone. I just watched bits and pieces. i never sit down and watch it from start to finish. So, long answer to your question, but uh, is no, I haven't been to one. But uh, I would go to one and buy a ticket now. After going to Bristol, <laughs> it was uh, it's an awesome show. It's a uh, you know, these guys are kind of like NASCAR used to be. The guys that drive these big rigs, they're building these things in, in their garages, their shops. It's just, there's no big uh, corporate America involved. Uh, they're, they're truly passionate about what they're doing. and They go out there and they just—I mean—they race. They get after it. There's, you know, there's, they're not worried about somebody finding them for bumping somebody. Or it's just good grassroots racing—the kind that I was, you know, that I grew up watching. You know. Like in the mid '80s and around local dirt tracks, my dad was a big dirt track fan, so got to go to a lot of races when I was a kid and became a big NASCAR fan. And then grew up to race myself on some dirt tracks. So it's just good, good old down home grassroots uh, racing, and uh, by a bunch of hard-working people who bust their butts all week to afford to be able to put all their money into that that race truck and go racing on the weekend. They're they're eat up with it, and they just kinda love it. you gotta kind of love that kind of passion. Hopefully we go to we get to do a bunch more of them next year. You know, for some things in the works, and we'll see uh, see what the future has to hold.
2: Yeah, you you played a a show there, right? But uh, was that the only involvement you had? Was Was
0: Trucker Nation
2: involved in any kind of uh, official way or? Well,
0: yeah, uh, you know, we did a deal with uh, yeah the Bandit Big Rigs and, and Trucker Nation uh, kind of partnered up with the Bandit Big Rigs uh, back some months ago, and uh, they actually um, Put trucker nation decals on both sides of the, of all their race trucks. Uh, some of the trucks still have them on there. Some of them had some had had some accidents and replaced side panels, and so <laughs> yeah. you know, some of them don't have have them on there this last race of the year. But anyway, they 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 did that to kind of help us out and kind of help brand you know brand our name and our and get our message out there. You know, hopefully outside of the trucking industry because these regulations uh, don't just impact truck drivers; they impact anyone who. Who travels, you know, the highways of America uh, for sure, you know, because they're, they're highway safety issues and our trucking industry issues when we talk about hours of service and flexibility. So um, that's been a big step in the right direction, uh, going to all these different racetracks and hitting those racing fans who maybe are not in the trucking industry. And uh, in return, you know, we, we we promote their races and put them up on the Trucker Nation page, and uh, I think we linked them up, up to our website. So. Um, that's kind of how that came about, that relationship, and then we you know we started talking about Bristol, and of course it's in my backyard, and uh, you know something I could easily do without having to charge you know a lot of travel expenses for my band and myself, and uh, so Truck Boss uh, got involved somehow or another and uh, put their efforts in and ended up sponsoring us to be there to do a post-race concert down in the infield, which was really cool because you could come down out the stands, you could walk across Bristol Motor Speedway into the pits, and. And uh, come down there and see the trucks, meet the drivers, and catch, catch a pretty cool concert in the meantime.
2: Yeah. Trucker Nation, too, was set up in a prominent spot to facilitate interaction with the public at the event, as Justice noted.
0: Andrea Andrew worked at the booth, but uh, we actually she talked to tons of people. We actually were set up right where you ha- all the fans had to come into to enter the. To get your ticket or present your ticket and, and for the grandstands so we i mean we had prime real estate and and handed out numerous i mean well over 600 uh, of our uh, educational you know what's and out more. there you know what's being talked about how you can engage the people all the information you need to know to uh, basically engage with with agencies and lawmakers and, and your state representatives and all the tools to do that with how to make a public comment uh, we actually had people make some comments we had our laptops there we had quite a few comments people took the time to to do and we our agency was able to help them with that so um it was it was really very cool of uh truck boss and bandit uh big rigs to allow us to put you know the trucker nation uh, brand and make it a part of that event along with theirs and and have that the ability to reach that many drivers and people outside of the trucking industry that were there for that event yeah, that's that's one of our. goals, you know, I been mean, you've talked before. That's you know that's one of our goals as Trucker Nation is to kind of be the the PR firm for the trucking for the truck driver, not the trucking industry but for the truck drivers, because we we've never really had that. And like I said, all you hear about the, all the bad things that happen. And you know we this is a mobile industry. I mean, I don't, you know anytime, and I, I've told this to my kids since they were young. Anytime you're in motion, I don't care if you're on a bicycle, a big wheel car or a big truck, you're you're on the edge of life and death. We, everybody gets so complacent with driving, whether you're in a four-wheeler or a big truck, and uh, it's very, because we do it every day. We, I mean, we just get in our vehicles, we fire it up, and we take off, and, if, and you do something so long, it's really easy to, to get complacent, but in reality, well, I mean, you're virtually, literally on the edge of life and death until that vehicle, that bike, or whatever you're traveling on stops. It's it's a very dangerous occupation. So bad things are going to happen. I don't care how many safety regulations we have. I don't care how safe everybody drives. You know, there's one story I always like to refer to. One of the, but uh, the one of the very first recorded automobile accidents happened in a town where there were only two vehicles there's only two families able because it was, I want to say it was Illinois or Missouri state. And somehow those two okay. cars on a rainy night found a way to hit each other head on. Oh my
1: God. You, you know yeah. what
0: I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just going to happen. You know, you have all these people working to make the roads safer. I mean, I think the first thing people have to realize is we're fighting, you know, we're fighting a battle that's, that we're going to lose. You know, that doesn't mean there's not things we can do to make it safer and, and, and have less of, of those occurrences, but you know, there's going to be a certain amount of them. I mean, it's just the numbers. That I've, I've been on the record many times saying the fact that there's not more accidents than what there are today in America proves that there's a God because there's man, there's so many, so much traffic, and people not paying yeah. attention. They're doing everything except driving that vehicle. Their minds on. Uh, I got to get to the school on time to pick up the kids, and and I got to go to the grocery store. They're thinking about everything except for driving their car. They're thinking about everything except for driving their truck. And I, I think one of the, our big goals with Trucker Nation is, you know, to get our message out to the general public to make them aware that trucking industry regulations are not just trucking industry; they're they're highway safety industry regulations, and they impact everyone on on the highways. And and to hopefully educate the general motoring public about how to drive went around to see my truck and the things to do and not to do I don't I don't see anybody making an effort to do that most high schools don't even have driver's ed now I mean I don't right. my my son doesn't have a driver's ed class my um, my oldest daughter did but my next oldest daughter didn't so where's where's that being taught at I don't see the government um taking an initiative to do a nationwide campaign to like they did with DUI uh, you know they, I don't know how many Billions of dollars they spent over a 10-15 year period with billboards, magazine, radio, TV. Yeah, I mean, there's some of the things that amazes me with this industry and some of the so-called safety organizations. You know, uh, the things that's really impacting highway safety. They, those topics never come up. You know, why? Well, I mean, how is it we're in the year 2020 and only a very small percentage of the roadways have reflectors on the lines i mean how i mean how, how is that possible i mean there should be reflectors i mean on every stretch of highway that has a white line and a yellow line for when it's foggy or when it's coming a downpour i mean how many how many lives alone would that say uh what about cell phones the tech, when are we going to hold the cell phone providers accountable so they have the technology to know when that tri- when that phone is mobile and it turned off, and the only thing you can do is, is maybe make a call and receive call. If you want to pull open up an app or get you know, on Facebook, you have to pull over and stop. I mean, why aren't we having why aren't we having that discussion? Why why aren't we discussing why states are approving commercial driver's license for folks who can't read or speak English when there's a federal law that says they're not supposed to be able to get a commercial driver's license? But none of the states are upholding it. Why why aren't we having that conversation? Why are we talking about Emergency braking systems, which only is going to prevent one type of accident. Why are we talking about ELDs? Um, when basically an ELD fixes a problem we had 40 years ago, I mean, yeah, way to go. You know, great job, guys. You fix a problem we had 40 years ago. Now, between cameras at weigh stations, all your fuel stops have to match. Even if you're on paper logs, you can't go ahead and run two days, you know, without sleeping. You know, that log's not not's right. not going to help you to do that, and the ELD is not going to prevent you from doing it if you really want to do it bad enough and you're willing to take a risk and don't care if you get fired or not. You know, why are we, why are we talking about other things like speed limiters uh, instead of the real issues that could actually be saving lives? It just it blows my mind that those topics and that those conversations never come up. So hopefully we can bring them up one day here before too long.
2: You can find Mr. Tony Justice himself always via TonyJusticeMusic.com or via several social profiles. Trucker Nation is at TruckerNation.org. Finally, we'll take you out the other end of the podcast this week with a brief chat with Overdrive's 2016 Trucker Talent Search winner, Jason Lee Wilson. As with Justice at the Speedway... Wilson performed recently at uh, what can certainly be called a non-traditional music venue, The Caverns, in Pelham, Tennessee, not far from I-24 north and west of Mont Eagle. Wilson has roots in the area, and the event was a multi-artist showcase called Grundy's Got Talent, named after the uh, name of the county where the Caverns venue is located. It is what it sounds like, a music venue built into an actual cave. Hold on for audio of that performance. Before that, Wilson's going to give you a little bit of background on the event and a new record forthcoming likely early in the new year. And as you'll hear, it's got a little bit of a special connection to, well, the day I met Wilson in person for the first time in Dallas around the trucker talent search he won three years ago. That as, uh, as well as our conversation there and then about another particular Tennessee resident
3: just performed, participated in a uh, music competition called Grundy's Got Talent for regional artists and uh, played with some great guys, uh, group a group that has performed with me on my upcoming album, they're they're known as James County and his new album is Jason Lee Wilson and uh, the album title is Tennessee and we played a couple tracks off that album. We did uh, Rainmaker, uh, Becky and the Deacon and... And the song that John Bean, the uh, renowned John Bean of comic uh, notoriety wrote back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I've I've recorded that one on the new album. That's the title track for Tennessee.
2: I know this story, but I want to tell listeners how you uh, came to know of the track Tennessee. Actually,
3: it was born out of a conversation about John Bean. John Bean was a, a... from the Knoxville area, and back in the late 70s, he recorded just for his and his his friends' own personal entertainment. He recorded some prank calls that he had made to establishments and individuals around the Knoxville area, and it and it sort of it uh, it created its own cult following. And these 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 prank calls have have reached the 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 furthest reaches of this planet, I reckon. And uh, a lot of a lot of imitators popped up after hearing these things. His character was actually not one of the characters that he would he would play. The roles he would play in these prank calls was uh, Leroy Mercer. And in the late '90s, early 2000s, there was a there was a guy, an imitator that popped up. Roy D Mercer was was the the uh, was moniker Leroy he went too. by.
2: There was a Leroy as well. Was there a yeah.
3: Leroy? Yeah, so uh, all of that, all of that imitation was born out of the, this brilliant concept that this uh, this guy from East Tennessee came up with. And to my knowledge, the song Tennessee is the only song that he wrote. His family actually copyrighted it, or had it had it copyrighted it, registered after uh, after he had passed. And I think he passed in 1984. And uh, that that song Tennessee has actually been nominated as one of as one of our state songs. So there are eleven or twelve songs that have been nominated as official Tennessee state songs. I don't know I don't know that it'll ever change from the current the current ones, Tennessee waltz. But a brilliant song, and one that a friend of mine, Mr. Todd Deals with uh, Overdrive Magazine, <laughs> shared with me. Actually, I it, I had I had missed it, and a lot of lot of uh, John Beans, even prank calls are a bit obscure. And he put it on my radar. I listened to it. I didn't think much about it, and I was actually I was overseas, a pretty pretty far piece from Tennessee, listening to it, revisiting that song again, and it really touched me. I said, man, I'll see if I can learn this. Did and recorded it as the title track of this new album because it's it's such a powerful song, in my mind, and. Uh, hope hope the rest of the people that hear it enjoy it and it means as much to them as it does to me
2: yeah I, I, I love hearing it myself and uh, your version of it is particularly great I've gotten a little bit of a listen to this uh, to the record even though it's not out yet and thanks thanks for sharing that with me yeah certainly um, when uh, can folks expect uh, expect that to come out we are
3: uh, we are anticipating it to be released January of 2020. Sure. And uh, you can visit you can visit the website, order it on the website, dragoncanoumusic.com.
2: Dragon canoe.
3: That's correct, okay. dragoncanoumusic.com.
2: You can find my story, originally written for Truckers News many years ago, about truck drivers' role in spreading the prank call tapes of Mr. John Bean in the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, find it via overdriveonline.com. Search the real John Bean. That's overdriveonline.com. Search The Real John Bean. Now for Wilson's performance with James County. That's drummer Dave Douda, Michael Hageman on bass, Dennis Marlowe on dobro, guitarist Marvin Shrum, and fiddle player Bob Townsend. Wilson himself's on guitar, vocals, and a mean whistle, too. Enjoy.
1: We're excited this evening.
3: Thank you. I can see my eighth grade teacher right now. This song, this song is called Becky and the Deacon. Sort of a Saturday night, Sunday morning song.